BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for calling 423-GET-FAME. That's 423-GET-FAME. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Listen to everything else that is amazing here on this network, and that means everything. Today, we're here for the beginning of Season 3 of Lucha Underground. Season 3, Episode 1. The working title of this episode is Wheel of Misfortune. My name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. That's I am Caleb, and then another B at the end. Follow my co-host, friend, producer, the, the other half of this show who who does 90% of the work, I'm going to be honest with you. My good friend, Greg, last name redacted. You can follow him on Twitter, at xmaserati. That will be in the description. Also, check me out every Wednesday night after AEW Dynamite on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. That is a hero movie-based podcast. The recording date is Monday, January 10, 2022. Greg, this is our first recording in about a month. How are you doing, man? How are you doing? Well, today is a rough day. Um, running off of less than five hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Waiting for vet results that could be bad. And uh, yeah, I'm just hurting physically and mentally right now. I am I am very sorry to hear that, man. If it helps, I overthought myself into oblivion this weekend, if that makes you feel any better. I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I've been there yeah. too. So it doesn't make me feel any better because I've been there. Yeah. It just, I'd but... rather get this done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, and it's your girl, right? Your uh, your older one? Yeah, I mean, it, it might be fine. They, the, she's had kennel cough. She's older and she's been unable to get rid of kennel cough despite two medications and it's a virus so it's supposed to be dogs usually just get over it on their own so i took her in for x-rays and this is a place that may be kind of just trying to take money out of me they're starting to get a reputation for that and they found a deformity in her heart 
which could be anything because I have a deformity. I have a leaky valve in my heart and yeah. it doesn't affect me. So it, it we're, we're just waiting to see what that means. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you, man. But hope your dog gets better, man. Guys, season three, we are more than halfway through the show now. This is our longest season so far. And actually in the, the entire run of the series, this is going to be the longest season. We're talking 40 episodes, 41 hours of content. You know, that would explain like how off the other seasons have felt to me because or how much my memory it seems to come mostly from this season. Yeah. Just cause it is, cause it's a two parter, right? Yeah. It goes like 20 episodes and then it goes away for a little bit. Yeah. So funny story. They did the first 20 episodes and then they didn't announce their return date, even though they had already recorded everything. And they finally, I think like maybe six, maybe even nine months later, they come back and, you know, give you the other half of the season. It's it's weird, man. Lucha Underground is really showing to be one of those uh, promotions that makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no other way to kind of say it. They just do some things where, if you you know, we're we're you know, 2020 hindsight. It's uh, but at the same time, like they they are legitimate mistakes. We see some promotions doing a lot of cool stuff lately all over the place and we see some people doing some really bad stuff but yeah uh, this is when promotions were still making some of the same basic stupid ass decisions yeah and okay so lucha underground is in a unique position being that they are you know not a weekly episodic thing they are episodic but it is not entirely weekly they don't run 52 weeks a year that being said that being said you know a lot of shows, what like especially reality-based shows, will, when the season's over, they'll be like, hey, we'll be back. Like, I'll give you an example. The Masked Singer, after season two, they're like, hey, guys, you know, you guys have a Merry Christmas. We're coming back right after the Super Bowl. So, like, okay, so that's when you know the, uh, the return date. Now, granted, you can't advertise a return date if you don't even have content produced or a guaranteed one, but... Still, it's like people like to know when they can expect something. Mm -hmm. This one was very much yeah. un unknown. Yes. And uh, it's, like, it's the third season, so you'd think like, okay, you should know if you're coming back yeah. by now. Exactly. And not only that, but it's like, here's an example of good advertising. And, you know, I know we talk about them quite a lot, but like AEW spent months and months saying like, hey, January 5th, TBS, January 5th, TBS, we're going to be there. And then what do they do? They 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 crack a 1.01 1 uh, rating. Like that that is an instance of their their advertising working out like quite swimmingly. Yeah, they're pretty lucky that they get a few uh, a lot of things right. They're not yeah. perfect, but they get yeah. a lot of things right. No, like uh, their social media team is pretty tone deaf, but. <laughs> No, that 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 doesn't surprise me considering they they work with the PWTs. But enough about that. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into season three, episode one, Wheel of Misfortune. And I don't know if you have a working title or an alternate title, but if you do, you can lay it on me or maybe it'll come to you by the end of the episode. Yeah, we'll see what comes of it. I, I don't I didn't really get anything uh, yeah. watching it like this episode. I, I'll be honest. I had some. I still had some hurt feelings from from Ultima Lucha do, or 
yeah, Ultima Lucha Dose Night Three. I, I still had some miss. I, I had some bad feelings about it, and then the way the main event even comes about and the way it, yeah. it, it flows, it just made me realize like they really did not know yeah. what to do with Pentagon, like at yeah. all. Yeah. No, you were you were not wrong. You were not wrong, sir. But enough about Pentagon. We'll get to him later. The first thing we see is Dario in his jail cell because, again, he got arrested and he's struggling, struggling to do pull ups. This is his first one, too. He's like, oh, one. Yeah, it's not a it's not a Ron Burgundy situation where he was doing over a thousand. But <laughs> he's struggling to do the pull ups when a guard comes by and says, you know, you must have friends in high places. And Dario comes back. You have no idea. I'm trying to think of. Well, you really can't take this storyline. Yeah. You can't really apply any critical thinking to it at all. This is yeah. like B-level movie plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, and even the way they portray it. I don't know if they even try to portray it seriously. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it becomes like a main plot point of the show. Like, even yeah, if it's... It is... Yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to agree. Like, it, it, it kind of is the main plot point. Yeah, it's the reason the temple is, you know, being used for fighting to begin with. But Dario is getting his belongings, his bowl, his key, all of that. And who is the guard handing it to him but the longest reigning intercontinental champion in the WWF history, the Honky Tonk Man. They haven't gone out of their way to beat that record yet? I mean, it's over a year. It's like 14 months, so I don't think they have, no. That's wild. Well, you know, they've they've gone a long time with the heavyweight title in recent years, I'd say. CM Punk had like uh, over a year, right? Mm-hmm. CM Punk had like 434. Brock recently had 504. Uh, Roman, I think, is going to beat that. But, you know, yeah, you're not wrong. How, how long is Honky Tonk's title reign again? 14 months so probably around like close to 400 days a little little over okay surprised they haven't tried but it's actually kind of surprising yeah no i would agree i would agree dario's back i wrote down the antichrist isn't having it and that he looks like dr claw yeah he definitely does have a dr claw with with his one gauntlet in the on the side there in camera view yeah Um, I don't even remember. Well, I won't talk about it because I think I'm getting a little mixed up about who is who. Yeah. For these characters. But that gauntlet, it's going to come back. Yeah. We're going to see that gauntlet again. Yes, we will. You're right. You're right. But hey, we are back in the temple now. The chimps play us in. Chimps with a Z because they're cool. They play us in and we're welcomed by the announce team. We go into the ring, and we see Dario Cueto and Matanza, of course, the reigning, defending Lucha Underground champion. And Dario welcomes us. Dario mentions that tonight's main event is Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Pentagon Dark. That is huge, like Ultima Lucha level. Definitely. They did come back with a... a, It is a huge match, but it's very much... Do you have much more to say about this? Because I'm going to talk about, like, near the end part of it. well, no, we'll talk about that when the match comes up. Well, I was going to say he are you going to talk about the wheel? Uh, yes, we will. We will. But Pentagon, I'm sorry, Dario goes on about how like, uh, you know, Pentagon showed him something 
when he bled Vampiro like a pig. Oink, oink. Vampiro sucks. That was Dario doing that, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Dario presents us with a wheel. He says, spin the wheel, make the deal. It's Dario's Dial of Doom. And this Dial of Doom features names, you know, on different different slots of luchadors who have not lost a singles match against Matanza. And if this wheel lands on your name, you will receive a Lucha Underground Championship match against the monster Matanza Cueto. Yeah, I had a few problems with this. Okay. Uh, one, Havoc's on there, right? Yes. He, yes. I'm pretty, I could have sworn they had a singles match. I could have sworn Havoc fought Matanza before. I don't believe so. I, I know he fought Mil Muertes in season one, I believe. Okay, you're right. He did fight. Um, you remember that gauntlet he did where it was a unique opportunity? Yeah, yeah. Who did he fight at the end of that? A Dr. Wagner Jr. Dr. Wagner Jr. Okay, so that's fine. The other yeah. thing is he makes a big deal about how Rey Mysterio is not on there because he technically lost in a non-singles match to, yeah. <laughs> to Matanza. In in Aztec Warfare, which it's like, dude, you like he beat like nine people in that match. Are they also not on this? And I think the answer is no. I think some of them are. Was uh, so Pentagon's not on it because he did he lost two singles matches. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes very clear that they're now going to be pushing Ray versus Matanza. Yeah. Which it's just not the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, you see, you saw an AEW where Christian lost to Jungle Boy in that one tournament. Yep. You don't need to have these WWE stars run wild with it like even AEW like has Daniel Bryan challenging yeah for the main event for Hangman but they didn't have him go over no exactly 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 no it's like you know it's clear like this is like a big episode ender like a rivalry you know a big time rivalry that they're building up or like even maybe a lucha ultima lucha type of feud yes like you don't like Rey Mysterio of all people does not actually need that rub no, and the thing is, like, how often has he gotten injured late? Not lately, but even back then, like, he was a yeah. little bit, and he looked great. There was nothing wrong with him. It's just he didn't need it, <laughs> you yeah. know? I feel like he came in here, he's like, you know what? I'm not losing to nobody. Yeah. It's my contract. And, you well, know, it's fun. It's fun. Th that may actually be the case is the funny thing. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, like, it – there's a lot of things that happen that are great for Rey Mysterio and Lucha Underground. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to paint him in a bad light, yeah. but you know, it's just it was at a detriment of other characters. Yeah, I think you can count uh, Rey Mysterio's uh, singles losses on one hand in uh, Lucha Underground for what it's worth. Easily, yeah. I think I can't yeah. even like maybe three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, we mentioned the Dial of Doom, and it landed on Son of Havoc. So right away, we're getting a Matanza versus Son of Havoc match for the Lucha Underground Championship. I wrote down a couple of uh, spots here that really stuck out to me. One was Son of Havoc planking on the air on his side, you know, outside on the ring post, and then an elbow drop to the floor. Yeah, he started whipping that out in season two. He yeah. said it a few times. They don't always bring enough attention to it because yeah, it is pretty cool. It's it's amazing. It's like the the level of 
athleticism you have to have to, you know, be like stiff as a board and, you know, get that done is just absurd. Truly absurd. You know, Son of Havoc actually gets a hope spot. He hits the, you know, the foot stomp for two, but, you know, it's just truthfully, it's not enough. This match was good. It's a lot of Son of Havoc striking, Matanza absorbing. Things happen, but uh, Son of Havoc, I believe, goes, yeah, he goes to Springboard and he gets caught by Jeff Cobb, or pardon me, Matanza. And we see the best Wrath of the Gods that we have seen so far. It's the best one. It's still not the greatest finish. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. No. And I, I'm even looking back, dude, I, back when I first watched this, I didn't like Matanza because he took, because, you know, he, Pentagon lost, lost to him twice. Like all his momentum yeah. was gone. It's clearly not his fault looking back on it yeah. because they were saving that win for Rey Mysterio. So why? <laughs> I mean, they just remember we we talked about the last time we recorded. They they what's it called? They repackaged him before they yeah. bur- before they buried him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Matanza sells. He does a very good job letting the other person get uh, hope spots and look strong. Like he yeah. sells. He's supposed to be the monster, but he fucking sells. So I give him credit for that. It's just like. What he's his his loss is ultimately going to be fed to someone that just leaves the company. It's just it's such a waste. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Oh my gosh. So after this, we see the Worldwide Underground in Dario Cueto's office, and Johnny Mundo wants a title shot at Sexy Star, and. Dario points out, like, hey, you know, like, you guys all lost at Ultima Lucha. In fact, the only one in Worldwide Underground who didn't lose was Taya. So why shouldn't she get the title shot? And I believe that's what happened, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she gets the title shot. Yep. Yep, exactly. Also... Against Sexy Star, excuse me, for the... Yeah, yeah. Taya gets a shot against against Sexy Star for for the gift of the gods. That being said, Angelico at one point is brought up because, of course, we remember Angelico interfering on behalf of the Lucha Friends, actually more so against Worldwide Underground, mm-hmm. um, you know, interfering to basically cost them the match. And Johnny says, like, no, we took care of him. And then we see a vignette of, I believe, all four members of Worldwide Underground just taking their turns at Angelico, just beating the crap out of him. Yeah, and Helico, after he split up from uh, Havoc and uh, Evil East, man, he he didn't have anyone to have his back. Apparently, like he. Yeah, or or possibly, and Helico just got really injury prone. Oddly enough. Yeah, I think he which, was injured, wasn't he? Yeah, which is funny because I don't think he is anymore. He hasn't been on AEW. I, I think, and we're, we're trying not to talk about AEW too much, but I think this is my theory, and I have no evidence to back this up, but I think wrestlers, especially like Angelico and Jack Evans, I think they, they've, I think AEW pretty much lets people work indies, if I'm yeah. correct. I think a lot of people are kind of, if they don't have anything, they're not waiting around catering. They're like 
using their name on AEW to go out and get gigs. That's yeah. what, I mean, Jack Evans is stuck in Mexico. Yeah. No, so, you're right. I think that's what's happening. And there are injuries, too. So, I, you know. Yeah. After that, we see Ivelisse in the ring, and she calls out Katrina, but she calls her out for Ultima Lucha Trace, full-on, like, rockin' John Cena style. Like, season premiere, I want you in the season finale. Like, it's just wild to think about. It's wild that this is the... It's basically going to be getting... It's being announced the same first day as Matanza versus... Well, I don't, Rey Mysterio and Matanza, I don't know if it's the final Ultima Lucha match, but it's a long time for a match that's kind of like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, Ivelisse versus... I mean, they've been setting up yeah. for a long time. They put a lot behind Ivelisse. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to say this without just being negative about her, but it's just... It's a lot of energy being spent on, like, a low-card, like, you know, feud. Yeah, it'd be like if... I mean, she's... What's her name? Oh. Katrina is not a wrestler. <laughs> no. She's a valet. Exactly. Also, Katrina said, bring it on, bitch. So that match is confirmed. Yay. Um, <laughs> but, no, it'd be like if... Hear me out. So, WrestleMania 25, Chris Jericho fought... There's Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper, and... Uh, Ricky Steamboat. It'd be like if the day after WrestleMania 24, they laid that challenge down and was like, oh, we got a year to build to this now. It's absurd. Yeah, you didn't you didn't really need a year. You could have just yeah. done it in like three months. And yeah, I'm pretty sure. Should I spoil what I think happens to you? Uh, no, no, okay. you shouldn't. All right. <laughs> I will not. Good, good. Sexy Star and Taya have a match. For some reason, I wrote down Ivelisse, but that was a mistake on my end. Sexy Star and Taya fight for the Gift of the Gods. Of course, Sexy Star defending. And Sexy Star gets the win after interference from the Worldwide Underground goes... What's the word I'm looking for here? Backfires upon them. Yeah, did she roll her up? I forget if she rolled her up. I do believe it was a roll-up, yes. Yeah, apparently this was the first successful defense. They said that no one's ever defended it successfully before. Yeah. Which I thought was wrong, but I looked it up and because I could have sworn well, Cuerno defended it successfully or even Phoenix, but apparently I was no. wrong. No, it's uh, well, it's only been defended twice. So, okay. no. Yeah. Let's see here. After that, we have a four on one beatdown on Sexy Star. So the Worldwide Underground is taking it to her when the reigning defending trios champions run in and make the save and even the odds. Yeah, they they they're keeping that feud going. And this is this. This is actually the best feud they have. Well, the, the best and smartest feud. No, you're right. It's it's six very talented luchadors. Yeah. And they're all originals. Yes. You know. That's that's the that's the thing is like you can have someone that's retired or part timer, but like I have well, a th I have a thing I have a problem with part timers. Yeah, well, I believe PJ Black actually shows up at the second season, but other than that, yes. Well, you you know what I mean. Like I I, I mean like the the whole Ray thing it could have been probably well. <laughs> you get what I'm. I I think it makes more sense to invest in in your future. Than to yeah. just kind of like get the hand me downs from WWE. Yeah, I think you're sour on Rey Mysterio. So. A little bit. I mean, this he's he who who did it come at the cost of Puma, Pentagon? Who who else is going to be next? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So after this, we see Marty the Moth in Dario's office. And Dario, Mar- pardon me, Dario thanks Marty for, you know, saving him, you know, getting him out of jail. Dario tells Marty, like, hey, you know, if you want gold, if you want to get to the top, you got to go to war. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy that wants to go to war with you for those tags that you are wearing right now. And with that, Dario announces that next week we have got a weapons of mass destruction match. Killshot versus Marty the Moth. And it's funny, but with Dario's enunciation, it sounded like he said weapons of mass distraction. Like it's, <laughs> like, a, like it's a titties match or something. Cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. But either way, next week, some type of plundering match. Marty the Moth versus Killshot. It's going to be great. Yes, it is. Yeah. Of course, I say this as someone who's already seen it. So, yes, it will be great. I'm just going to let you know. After that, we see our main event, Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Pentagon Dark. And the first thing I wrote down, more like Pentagon Dork. Yeah, Pentagon comes out like a heel, and he wrestles like a heel. Mm -hmm. And he's just doing his best to get Ray over, which is just so ass backwards. Yes. Yes. It's like, this is not as egregious as the, the Chavo stuff in the first season. No, but it's still like, uh, come on. It's like Pentagon's your guy. Like he's your dark ace. What are you doing with him? They completely are. They have wiped their ass with him. That's why he's dark now. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, it's so ass backwards. It's like, man, like, you could have had anybody in there with Ray, and there is so many people that could give Ray a great match. But this was this is like this was so reminiscent of when Pentagon first showed up, and he was just selling for Phoenix, which is fine because it's fucking Phoenix, uh, yeah. and he's a he's a homegrown, you know, fresh new baby face. But Ray didn't need you didn't need to like sacrifice Pentagon for this because it's just clear that he's an aftertaste. Yeah, no, you were not wrong. You were not wrong. And it's funny because, like, the way they book this, it's like a WWE style, like, here lately, where, like, well, this guy hasn't won, but then this happened to, like, protect them, quote-unquote. And it's like Pentagon had the match won, but he postured for just for way too long. And Rey Mysterio actually wins off the flip pile driver. And I do say flip pile driver because that is not a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, I'll be honest, dude. I I missed it because I couldn't even see any offense for Pentagon because I'd be watching and it just it seemed like all Pentagon was doing was countering every once in a while. Maybe, you know, getting yeah. like a kick in or something. And it was just like every high spot. It just felt like Ray won. Like every well, sequence, you know, Ray got the uh, better of him. Well, be that as it may, after the match, Pentagon attacks Ray Mysterio and he's going to go to break Ray Mysterio's arm. But he gets stopped by El Dragon Azteca Jr. That's right, the man who Pentagon broke the arm of at Ultima Lucha Dose last season. And a good a good quote here from Matt Stryker, nothing creates empathy like experience. That stuck out to me, dude. That is a great quote. Nothing creates empathy like experience. Yes. In regards to... Arm breaking. Bones breaking. Oh, well, he was also doing it because he's his mentor, so... <laughs> well, yeah, but still, like... Again, you know, Azteca has experienced the arm break. Of course, he's not going to want that for his mentor. Of course not. It's, you know, the the one silver lining is there's one match that uh, I think you've talked about where it did horrible in the views uh, and mm-hmm. the ratings. But it's yep. it, it's a match I enjoy. And it's the only <laughs> it's the only bright light at the end of this tunnel. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For, I for will, me, at uh, least. Well, it didn't do anything good for Lucha Underground. <laughs> no. I mean, well, I mean, they have only themselves to blame. Like, they set themselves up for what exactly? For yeah. payoff with someone that... It, it, they make some I, I vampiro are i know it was conan was talking about how people would get in the years of the creators and writers and and if they liked them they would like oh well maybe we should do this and, and conan saw the writing on the walls and i didn't really believe him at first because i heard that interview like like maybe a year, year ago and i was like man he, i think he's just bitter but looking back i'm like yeah there must have been some of that because there's some decisions that don't if you're just being objective like it don't make sense yeah. <laughs> to book some of these matches, to build some of these angles. Yeah. Uh, when you, when you've shown that, you know how to do angles. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But after that match and after all that, uh, hullabaloo, we get a, uh, we cut to Prince Puma in a locker room, just sitting around and thinking about his shortcomings. And maybe, you know, he just seems a little lost and Vampiro comes in of all people. Vampiro comes in to give Prince Puma a heart to heart. Maybe. Anyway, Pentagon is, or pardon me, Prince Puma is not quick to, you know, take to it because, of course, like, why would you trust Vampiro? He even says, he's like, dude, I don't need anything from you. And Vampiro reassures him, says, like, this ain't about me, brother. Like, you know, since you lost Conan, whether I like him or not, like, you ain't been the same. And since you lost to Mil Muertes, you ain't been the same. So if you want to get over this, you got to tap into your dark side and you got to take out Mil Muertes. And that's how we end the episode. Yeah, Pumba asked him, he's like, I'm surprised you didn't ask me to go to Penta. He's like, not about me, brother. Yeah. But this is another thing where I don't really think you need Vampiro in a story right now. And uh, knowing where it goes, I really don't think you need Vampiro in a story right now. Well, I will say knowing where it goes by this season, I'm completely okay with it. Personally. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm. But, I'm. I'll say like I'm really not okay with what happens with Pentagon. Yeah. Throughout the series. I hear you. I hear you. But that being said, folks, that is the episode. We're going to give you a grade on this episode. And I'm going to give this a solid B minus. You know, it wasn't too bad. The matches were fine. The story building was okay. I'm not not going to lie to you guys, but you know, B minus. That'll be my grade for the week. I'm going to give it a C just because it does set things up but you know the main event is throwaway yeah it means nothing yeah match of the week is definitely matanza versus son of havoc that was a great it was a good match and and but you know i knew we knew nothing some of their decisions hurt matanza too i'll say i'll just say it like that it doesn't do him favors when he's a heel but you want him to be a monster heel so you don't you kind of you do want him to have those chinks in his armor you don't want to have to completely like i I don't even know the word to use it i I don't don't know how to articulate it but some of these decisions make him look not as strong as he kind of needs to be if he's going to be beating everybody yeah you're not wrong He's not a chicken shit heel that, you know, runs and highs and cheats the win. He may cheat yeah. occasionally because he's a yeah. monster, but some of these decisions are not the best. I'll just say yeah. that. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Folks, that is the end of the episode. We thank you for listening. God bless you. And if you end up in a match in Lucha Underground with Rey Mysterio, your, your push may suffer some grave consequences. <laughs>